This is Melancholy Geek, Episode 6, Play the Hater in All the Games. Hello, welcome to Melancholy Geek, Thoughts and Opinions of a Geek with Living with Depression. My name is Preston, and I suffer from depression. Today is Sunday, and we're on a new setup, we being me. have a mic that may sound better, trying to sort this out, so hopefully this goes well. So let's talk. Uh, this week's been rough. It's uh, a long week, and that long weekend, I just haven't had the thoughts and time for many things the weekend. It's been pretty normal because of that. Also, Friday was the fifth year since my father passed away, so that made things rough. Anyway, that's a little about me. Though it may not be a little bit pretend chipper as I have been on previous episodes. If that uh, throws the pace away, I'm sorry. But I will try to make up for it. So let's start with a few things that uh, are going on this week I'd like to talk about. Biggest geeky news, I think, for many geeks is the SNES Classic. Like the NES Classic from last year, it's a tiny version of its predecessor. The NES Classic was a massive hit. I had to get up at 5 o'clock and go to a local store to pick one up. I do have one. They were sold out everywhere. They continued to sell out as they came into stores. And uh, then Nintendo just disconnected it. Just killed it. No more made. So whatever out there or out there, mine included. Uh, overall, it's a great system. It's a wee little box. With a way too short controller cable. And there's nothing that can be done about that in the review of it. Thankfully, the third parties made some extension cables, which I have. 30 games on that system. Very, very nice. Uh, back to now. The SNES Classic is coming this year. It's going to be on sale on the 29th of September, which is a Friday, which means I may have to take that day off. I haven't decided yet. So for North America, it's the same SNES that we are used to, same look, same kind of blocky look, only about, I believe, 50, 50% smaller. It's much, much smaller. Fits in your palm, your hand. Uh, haven't looked too much on the controllers, haven't heard any confirmation on the controllers if they use the same controller type as the NES Classic, which was the Wii, Wii type controller. Uh, they may not. We'll see. Uh, what is nice, though, is it, uh, it has two controllers this time, which is excellent. You had to buy them separately. Now that means the price of the console is increased by a little bit, but I think overall, I think that works. Uh, this time it's coming with 21 games. Uh, we're talking about a lot of excellent games uh, from Super Mario World to two of the Kirby games to Metroid, Star Fox, and for the first time ever, and a lot of people are excited about this, Star Fox 2, which was never released to the public. Ever released. It's huge. 
So that's going to be fun. Uh, that's going to be another big seller this holiday season. It's uh, So September 29th, it was about a month and a half, two months earlier this year than than the NES Classic. So that should make things a little bit more uh, or less stress-worthy for you know Christmas shoppers. And um, who knows what Nintendo will do. They have, however, come out and promised to make more than they have in the past which is very important. Uh, they can sell a crap ton of these any time of year. People want them for nostalgia. And I understand. Uh, I will likely, if I have funds to throw at it, pick one up and uh, play some Super Mario World, which is quite entertaining. Quite entertaining. Uh, I know the NES Classic. Uh, I played a bunch of the games I enjoyed and forgot how much I enjoyed and forgot how hard they were. Star Tropics are so hard. So hard. But that was now. This is then. So let's move on to a very, very random tidbit that I, I, I read this week, which is geeky and it's hard. So everybody, everybody takes thinks of celebrities as as different people they don't think them as normal people or they think they go out and do you know crazy celebrity based things it's not always the case most celebrities are normal people a lot of them play world of warcraft a lot of them play video games a lot of them go to movies obviously so it's not too strange to think that there's a celebrity out there that plays casual games on the internet well, this story is exactly that. So a developer that made a site, very basic site, where you go in and you play against a, an opponent for a lot of basic card games that then developed into some other little games and then to Yahtzee specifically, found out this week by luck of the draw, or through Twitter actually, I believe, uh, that Mark Hamill played on his site. Mark Hamill, of course, famous for being... Well, Luke Skywalker in the Star Wars series and the voice of many a character over the years, including the most known voice for the animated series Batman as the Joker and has done many voice works over the years. Excellent voice work. So he just tweeted out this game that he was playing, which is a version of Scrabble on this guy's site. So the developer was quite amused and retweeted it and it, you know, it got attention for his site too, I'm sure, which is quite fun. However, someone close to a friend or colleague of Mark gets in touch with the developer and says, hey, this, he, he loves this. This is not just a casual thing. He does this quite often. You know, he may, this may be a casual game, but he plays this game. But you know what you should do? You should play a prank on him. <laughs> well, we're geeks, and we enjoy that kind of fun. So... Since it's Mark Hamill, you know, he went out and looked into it. Now, the, the type of site it is, it's not really a login. Like, you don't log into the site. So it was a little bit more difficult to do. So we didn't know who Mark Hamill's login was to, you know, address to play against him specifically. But what he had from, from the original tweet was a screenshot of him winning a game of Scrabble against, against the computer opponent. And he had an icon, or not an icon really, an, an avatar. The av you can customize your avatars. 
So using that information, the the developer found found out you know looked at the avatar. Okay, it usually looks like this with this type of uh, face type and this hair color and this hat style. And then he programmed his site to anytime someone plays Scrabble with that avatar, then the opponent's avatar would change. And of course, in pure, unadulterated, geeky fashion, he put a silhouette of Darth Vader and named it Dad. <laughs> you can't get any geekier than that in this situation. Of course, Mark found this hysterical, hysterical, and tweeted out about it and was quite amused. And to add the cherry to this wondrous Sunday of geekiness, any time that Mark actually rolled Yahtzee against his opponent, he responded with a text that said, The Force is strong with you. Pardon my impressions. Pure geekiness. And of course, Mark tweeted this out and was quite amused. It's just the geekiness at its finest. That's, that is the type of interaction that the geek culture tends to push forward is humor and playfulness and appreciation of people. And that's exactly what this is. And that's why I wanted to bring it up. It's so fun. Now to a more serious topic, because it's a thing. Uh, now, nowadays, we're all familiar with the concept of malware, concepts of viruses, worms, and all that stuff, So, and phishing schemes more so, I'm sure. Um, well, now, in the last year and a half or so, really in the last year, something has really come to, come to be known as ransomware. So what this is, is they use the standard method of either phishing to get into your account, or uh, phishing you to, or or pretending to be someone when they email you, and the standard virus, quote unquote, uh, ta tactics to get into your computer. So, first of all, foremost, same strategies that always. If you get an email with a link that you're not familiar with, don't trust, don't click on it. If you hover over it and it's not exactly what it says, it's says it is in the URL that you're looking at, don't click it. Uh, if you get attachments from somebody or some source that you're not expecting, don't download them. Be wary. So what actually happens in this particular situation, which would make the name make sense, is it's not your standard download, infect, control, whatever. It encrypts your entire hard drive, all of your files. And if possible, if it's a business thing, because these, these are aimed at businesses, it spreads like you would expect from a malware or a virus. So it'll spread over networks and do the same thing. So what does that do? That means you can't get at your data. Encryption means that you need to know exactly what the key is or you cannot read it. Crazy, huh? So what, what comes down to the purpose of this is that the core 
way to get the encryption key is to pay the person that made this ransomware. Now, usually this is paid in maybe one or two bitcoins, which is a digital currency that is convertible to cash. And it, it turns out to be between 10 to to $100 on average from what I've read. Sometimes up higher if they're targeting businesses, $300. Now, it's a lot for regular people, but a lot of these are not targeted as regular people. They're targeted at businesses, infrastructure, countries. Businesses and countries cannot have their critical systems down. So a lot of the times they pay. Well, and, and then it moves on, it decrypts, and you know that business or, or government system can continue to do what it's doing, which is great. However, a lot of the recent ones have had indications that, that their getting money has not been their goal. It's still embedded in the code, so it's still something they ask for, but it's not what they're looking to do. They are looking to cause havoc. One country from this week's latest ransomware got taken down significantly, affected significantly for that time. So you very much you have to be careful in both your personal life when it comes to technology and your professional life. If you don't know what you're seeing, don't click on it. If you don't know what's being sent to you, don't download it, don't open it. Okay. Another thing that a lot of people that I know are not familiar with, because of these types of issues, make sure you have backups, at least local if possible and offsite if possible. There are a lot of reasonably priced services and reasonably priced ways to have a backup offsite. Myself, I subscribe to a service that automatically backs up my system, my important data to the cloud where I can access at any time. So, keep that in mind. Now let's get to something a little bit more enjoyable. So the main topic I wanted to talk about this week, board games. Uh, board games are very big these days. They've gotten a big, huge resurgence. Uh, for myself, I've been playing board games for a very long time, for as long as I can remember. Uh, I grew up with the classics, playing with my family, uh, especially on days when the power went out. We used to, have, um, if it was in the evening, we'd have you know the the lights going, uh, candles lit, and uh, the four or five of us, depending who's around or who wanted to play, would be playing Monopoly, Clue, card games. You know, and a lot you know a lot of hardcore people don't like some of these games, but they're they're fun, and that's what I grew up with. Um, I never got a chance to play a lot after my teen, you know, my younger years, my teenage years. I still played when I could. Uh, got introduced to some other games growing up. Um, Taboo, real fun game. Uh, good to know when you have a group of people, really when you're geeky, where you can work with the people, your team, you know, your friends, your family that know you and know the same types of things you do to get past it. Uh, Taboo, if you don't know, is basically they give you a an item, an idea, 
and then five things that are similar to it or related to it that you can't say. And you have to get your team members to guess that word. It's fun. It's great. Uh, it can be, you know, you have so much time to get as many out as you can. Well, in the last 10 or so years, it's not something I've really done. Um, mainly, I guess, because of my not socializing as much as I've been mentioned in previous episodes. So it hasn't been something I've been interested in. But in the last three, four, maybe five years, it is something that actually has gotten me to socialize. Uh, so I used to go and play some you know basic stuff, play cards, get together uh, with friends. Uh, there was a period of time where uh, I started watching a actual board game show on YouTube made by the geeky and well-known Will Wheaton called Tabletop. That show introduced me to a number of board games over the years. Uh, it's four or five seasons in now. Um, one of my f personal favorites was Munchkin, who he played with a couple of well-known people and the creator of Munchkin, which I found hysterical. And to start, it was not something I even really heard of, but watching it being played and seeing the kind of ridiculousness of it, and that's the point, is to play a, a, a game but then have fun. And that the two things that most people, I think, can agree when it comes to board games, young and old, is especially old for the second one, is you have to have fun. And the second one... <laughs> If someone doesn't hate you want, hate you for that period of time after the game is over, you probably didn't play it right. It's just how it is. So Munchkin. Uh, Munchkin is a mainly a card-based game where you play a character. You get you know, you, you start off with certain items and abilities and you play those items and abilities to make your character stronger and then you go against monsters. Uh and if you win, you get more loot. If you lose, you know, you know, you lose, and possibly lose levels and whatnot. And your goal is to uh, basically get to level ten. Uh, the fun part is you is you can uh, basically screw or help your your opponents. Usually, helping your opponents gives yourself a bonus from. You know, bargaining with them, which is fun, and it can be quite enjoyable. Um, that, in its essence, didn't grab me. It was honestly the there was a card, an equipment card that I seen on the tabletop show that was a. I, I should have found the name of it, but it was basically the guy was equipping a tuba to make himself stronger, and that's as ridiculous as it comes. And then, of course, throughout the actual episode, watching all of the cards that are kind of ridiculous to go with it made it even better which is so much fun and they have so many different versions i have a superhero version of it my friend had ended up getting a pirate version which i used to play with him uh, and another number of other friends uh every you know a couple of weeks which was so much fun and ridiculous and we hated each other for some of the stuff we did uh, but there are versions for everything zombies and vampires and space and 
unicorns, I believe. Um, most recently, I picked up a version which is more board game-like, where the core of the card game is there, but you actually go in and you lay a tile. And you start off, and you say, okay, I'm going to go in, you know, and you have four directions at the entrance, and you randomly choose a tile and place it on the board. And then you go into that room. And that tile indicates a room of some sort which may have benefits to you or detriments to you. And any new tile that's laid, there's automatically a monster in there. So you get the same feel, but now you have an actual board to play with. It's so much fun. Uh, so I've enjoyed that one a number of people over the years. Um, have been introduced to a few other board games and uh, actually playing it. Uh, Settlers of Patan is a very popular one. Uh, I met number of people I've watched it played three different ways on tabletop from the regular one to a kid's version to Star Trek because that's fun uh, especially with Will Wheaton so that that's just a random thing I'm not very good at Settlers I'm really not uh, I haven't gotten the hand of it but it's fun it's enjoyable and and sometimes even though I'm losing terribly it's not about that experience. It's it's really about the interaction that you're having with the people. And that's that's really where it comes back to uh, being fun. Now, the what's interesting for me, at least, like it seems to overall had a resurgence in the last five to ten years. Uh, a lot of places have now cafes that... That's what they did. You go in, you get your cup of coffee, you get your tea, you get a scone, you get a biscuit, you get, you know, whatever pastry you like. And you sit down, maybe with your friends and play a board game. Maybe not with your friends. Meet new people and play a board game. It's an interesting thing. And it's not something I've gone to, but there's going to be one very close to where I will be living next month. So I may do that. Now, the fun thing about the social experience for me usually with these, even if I'm in a horrible mood, is it, it takes my mind off that and actually focuses on the enjoyment. And even though it's not about winning, winning ends up giving a little bit of oomph in your brain that gives you a little bit of boost to your mood that you that's helpful. And I think that's why I, I've been trying to, to play more board games like that so it can be quite entertaining and uh, finding a good group of people for that is is always very fun um what what i really like is the variety that's happened now granted a lot of these haven't been haven't been ones that i've been interested in so much like i continue continuously to watch tabletop even though there's a lot of games that are just not that interesting to me some of them are uh, and those I look for, but sometimes they get really crazy and in unexpected places. Everybody's playing them to the point where there there are services where you can subscribe monthly and get board games and board game accessories every month for like I think forty dollars. So that that's a very very interesting thing. Um, the same people that do that subscription service uh, to my knowledge are also the sources of my favorite web comics <laughs> they made their own board game which is actually quite unique and quite entertaining 
it's it's um if you don't know the the characters it's hard to explain but it's called um i keep getting the order of this is ashes and orphans could be orphans and ashes i think it's orphans and ashes um but one person plays an elf character that goes through this burning orphanage trying to save the orphans and uh so for every orphan they say they get a point and uh then the other character, the other person playing this game, plays a warlock who is chaotic as chaotic comes, and he scores points by burning orphans. Uh, so, you know, he gets a point for that. But then you also have the orphanage itself that's reacting and, and continuously on fire. So it's possible for the orphanage to win. And the fun thing about the game especially for the elf character, is to actually move orphans out of the game. You have to balance the orphans on the character. So I actually take the little orphans and put it on the elf and carry them out. I usually don't play the elf because I've got tremors and I can't do that. But it's a unique game, which is so fun. So that that's where these types of things are fun. I'm probably going to be getting together playing some of these games this week we'll see what happens so the thing about all of these things video games board games is they can help you take your mind off you know stuff like if you're myself you have a lot of depression so so you're thinking specifically towards that sometimes anxiety is the same thing you're you're socializing which can be very difficult for people like myself and that helps overall now it may only be that day or a couple of days after but one day is is can be quite a bit uh so that's that that's what i had this week uh i hope um i hope i hope my new setup sounds a little bit better um I hope that this, uh, as usual, that this makes uh, some sense some, to other people. Maybe you feel the same as myself. Maybe you didn't realize that this this is something that could help you. So if nothing else, this is ends up helping me talking about these things, and it helps you, then that's excellent. So tell me. Tell me, tell me, tell me everything. Tell me how I'm doing. Tell me how I sound. Tell me how you feel. Uh, and uh, let's see what happens. The other fun things I've managed to do this week is I have my website up and running. Currently, I don't have anything fancy. It's just a Facebook page, but it's, uh, it's accessible at uh, melancholygeek.com. Also, I have um, a Twitter, which is melancholy underscore geek. Yes. So uh, feel free to tweet me there. Uh, feel free to go to the site, uh, comment, like. Uh, I'm also live on iTunes. So search for Melancholy Geek, subscribe. That's, of course, how you will get these episodes first. And uh, hopefully you enjoyed. Um, again, if you're listening, you have opinions, you have thoughts, I am open to them. You know, I... 
I'm willing to make changes to how I do this to make it work for me, make it work for everybody. So feel free to get in touch. If you want to email, of course, uh, mail at prestonmarsh.com. Go to the site, hit hit me up, and tell me how I'm doing. Tell me how you're doing. Um, can you relate? Do you have similar opinions? Do you want to comment on things? I would love to get some some feedback on a regular basis that I can uh, relate to anybody else that's listening. So, anyways, that's all for me today, and uh, I hope I hope. I just hope, right? Why not? Again, melancholygeek.com, melancholy underscore geek on Twitter, and mail at prestonmarsh.com. Hope to hear from some people, and I hope everybody that's listening has a good day, and uh, we'll go from there, because that's all we can do. Bye.